Hello there and welcome to Pomegranate People. This is episode four and a slightly different episode ahead. Um, we're, we're talking about the newfound awareness around race after you know the murder of George Floyd, but also yeah, looking at the reaction of social media and you know what part we can be playing. And you know, this episode was originally going to be on a different topic, but after speaking to my guests, we decided we really wanted to talk about this and I think show you know, how crucial it is to talk about race and to have these conversations, whoever you are, and just to start having them. By no means is it an easy task, but it's important to have the conversations and to also make sure you're learning from them. So I know for myself, listening back, I could say stuff differently or the way in which I was looking at stuff wasn't the most progressive. There is still more for me to learn from and to, you know, improve my listening skills. But, you know, um, For example, there's one point when I mentioned Stephen Lawrence, and it wasn't the best time or example, as we were talking about police brutality, but learning from that and taking time to reflect and grow from that conversation and that, you know, that point is really key. And yeah, growing from the conversations you have as a whole, but most importantly, seeing what comes up when you have a real dialogue. And so I know that me and my guests both found there was a lot of topics that we wanted to go into more detail about and stuff that was brought to the surface, you know, which is the case when you have a real dialogue. So yeah hopefully you enjoy and take something away from it and yeah I'm really excited for you to hear it so without further ado I'm going to let my guest introduce himself and for those of you who don't know I'm Mohan your host um enjoy the episode over to my guest hello I'm I'm David and I go to school with Mohan and yeah I just thought he asked me to come on and I just thought that the topic was something close to my heart and we've had a lot, a lot of conversations in the past about this so I thought I might as well join the podcast that you've you started, yeah. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Um, you know, it's just it is a real pleasure. So I think first of all, just to start the conversation, I want to ask you how um, you're feeling about, well, yeah, so first of all, how you are, just checking how you are, but also how you're feeling currently around all that's been happening lately yeah um in terms of myself i'm i'm doing well obviously the whole quarantine thing I've, it's kind of we've been in for like weeks now so it's kind of become like second nature to us so i've coped with i've kind of coped with that well in terms of the recent things it is it's interesting to see it could it can be a lot for to take on to like see how there's such mm-hmm. a, a drastic change for such a I would say such a serious subject, mm. but I can only be, I can only embrace and be thankful that a lot of people are now waking up and trying to get involved to mm. make, to have a better change for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, for you and me, we've spoken about this topic a lot, but it is really interesting to see the change of how people are now becoming a lot more aware. And, you know, it's kind of because we've been forced to, not forced to, but like, there's almost no way of avoiding it because it's so, in, you know, for a lot of people, it's now really in your face. And particularly exactly. for, you know, non-black and white people, it's now, it is, it is kind of, it is your issue as such. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, and I think the interesting side has been how social media is, there's a lot of almost conflict or separation, not conflict yeah. separation, but there's a lot of opinions on how people should be reacting and how, you know, if, you know, so what part of social media plays in this um and i know we've both spoken on this you know we've spoken about this you know privately a lot before 
yeah. thing is an interesting kind of state because you know social media is now the reality for a lot of us it is our reality kind of yeah it's through social media and it's kind of knowing you know what is you know what quality you know what is the right thing to be doing right now yeah i suppose there's always that pressure with kind of current events it's like what's the right way to go about it but i think because of the the world that we live in and the i suppose the age that we live in as well i think social media will naturally be at the forefront of any big changes and stuff like that so mm-hmm. usually as humans it would be like fickle things like little trends i don't know mm-hmm. whatever's happening but i suppose that it it's a it's kind of like a catch train too like you wouldn't want black lives matter for example to be a trend mm-hmm. as like a as like something fickle before but it still is important because the power of like something going viral across the world mm-hmm. and getting a lot of people talking about it, even though I'd say a small a small minority of people may just be getting involved because it is a trend or maybe get involved mm-hmm. because it's just a something to jump on. That even those minorities jumping on mm-hmm. still further perpetuates the subject for the majority of people yeah. who, are, mm-hmm. who who can take themselves away and think oh, this is something I should look into. This is mm. something I should change. This is something I already believed in. Something I should be involved in a positive way. I mm. suppose it is always easy to look at the negative side. Like I've seen I've seen recently, I've seen a lot of, so when people do something, like, I don't know, an example, maybe we'll get into this a bit later, but for example, the mm. black squares mm. or or filming stuff or tweeting certain things, there's always there's always a downside to it Mm. but I feel as if that downside needs to be kind of taken more into context and Mm -hmm. not just something's wrong for the sake of it I think Mm -hmm. the most recent example was I just saw this morning was um I think the was it the DA or someone in Washington a Mm -hmm. black lady um Mm -hmm. she managed to Paint the, the one of the streets outside the White House has like, yeah, black, yeah. it's called Black Lives Matter Avenue, basically. And mm-hmm. from, from literally when I first saw it, I was thinking, what could, what could possibly be the negative to this? It's really positive. Mm-hmm. It's sending the messages so close to the White House. It's like, mm-hmm. this is a real thing. But then I was looking, I was looking on one of the comments of someone that posted it and people were saying, how, how does this um, solve racism? Mm-hmm. Um, How's the yeah? How's the street name going to solve racism? Da da da. And and you're thinking like, how how could you even be negative about things like this? Yeah. So there's that that that's the issue with the social media changes. There's always like almost by force. There's always two sides to this story, which mm. is just horrible as well because kind of it does it does devalue what goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think there's that side of you know if you're taking any action, you know some people may with the whole we can go on to blackout tuesday you know some people may have just posted it because they went you know everyone else is doing it i'm going to do it mm. but also then all your followers are going to be question not questioning but wondering why is you know why are we like, why is this person posted this and it'll bring some level of awareness you know maybe you're not doing as much as everyone else but, you know you may be you know, not going as deep or profound or you, you know you could easily spend the next week you know not doing anything and you know it can it has the issue of becoming a trend but also it has brought some form of awareness like it's kind of the first step and like any action 
you know and the thing is you could be wrong you know i could say whatever i want to say i could say something to you and i'm like you know i think this is definitely right and you go yeah man that's not right that's not correct but the fact i've said that means we're starting this conversation you you start a whole process of understanding rather than you know being sort of avoiding it or being silent exactly it's kind of like that thing of um good publicity is any publicity is good publicity i suppose mm. especially that usually tends to involve social media like getting mm. the conversation started is at the core of it the most important part like this they mm. can't i just can't fathom any negative of of trying to make make some sort of a change as opposed to just talking about it or talking about why it's mm-hmm. not helpful. That I don't understand yeah. how that is any more progressive mm-hmm. than than actually yeah, than actually doing what is done. Like so the example mm-hmm. that we talked about the other day was um the Blackout Tuesday thing. So mm-hmm. obviously we discussed originally it was supposed to be to do with the music industry mm-hmm. and them just having like effectively a day off i the way i understood it i thought it'd be like a day off to show to show solidarity obviously but mm-hmm. also i i could i saw it as a way of like this is how much we influenced industry in terms mm-hmm. of like black culture like rihanna especially she didn't want to sell her her fenty line it's mm-hmm. kind of like this is how this is how much we are involved in society. Like this is, I suppose, this is how much you culturally appropriate us, whatever. Mm. So I thought it was that, but then it did obviously get translated into kind of mm. a social media day off, effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it got to when it got to me, obviously, for like our personal accounts, but I'm I mm-hmm. don't necessarily post a lot, but for my I have another account. So mm-hmm. I just took that as a day off to not really interact with, obviously, I post football stuff on there, but mm-hmm. kind of yeah. do shift that awareness and use that platform to mm-hmm. bring light to the subject. So I, in my caption, I didn't use the hashtag because mm-hmm. I do have yeah. an innate, I do have an innate problem with hashtags because it's kind of like, it, I think it that, that is like how, how it can also be seen as, yeah, I'm just getting involved in a hashtag. So I, but I did the caption, actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. And someone put an interesting, not interesting comment, but someone put a comment on my other account. He was like, your actions speak louder than words, but mm-hmm. all you've done is post a black screen. Yeah. And I think I that, that was, I think that response is kind of encapsulates how much people don't understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I saw that, I put something on my, both my stories, it was just basically saying how this is the first step. Posting mm. a black light is the easiest, most mm. important, but it's very, very easy. Anyone can do it within yeah. seconds. seconds. But yeah. it's the first step. Mm-hmm. And I, don't know, I, 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 just, I just can't fathom how someone could not understand that obviously posting a black square is not going to end racism type of thing. Like, that, was not, mm-hmm. that was not the aim. It was... Mm to distract like you were saying to distract yourself or to kind of push social media aside to dedicate time to reading mm. up on the current yeah. issues and education mm. and and doing ev- literally doing everything else that people were posting and saying oh no you should be doing this instead like mm. that was the aim do you know mm. what i mean yeah the doing only, all of that 
sort yeah. of in the, yeah sorry cut you off but in the sort of com- not in the comfort of your own home but actually taking time you know i dedicated that day personally to going over a lot of stuff i've read and going back into what i've read but also you know setting up accounts for signing petitions you know writing mm. emails i had to write you know to my mp and you know the yeah. fact that the stuff i was seeing was that you know for you know black activists and black people it was a chance to take a break essentially because you it is a lot to be taking on overwhelming yeah it's that thing of of course it's not the thing of oh you you know you can take a day off activism but actually i think you know for i mean you know any black person but also anyone i think who's from an ethnic minority to see that someone's been attacked and killed mm. based on the color of their skin and that primarily is traumatic like that has a lot yeah. of pain to identify it, I think. with it yeah and i think it's that thing of you know then going actually it is important that you know this sort of awareness i remember quite early on there was a lot of videos of his death and other deaths being put around Mm. social media and even yesterday there was one video of a protester who was hit to the floor and was seriously injured yeah and i refused to watch that yeah and i was kind of i've got a weird you know with now because of like so many videos going you know this is like content that may upset like, I, I often avoid it but occasionally I'm also like what is there like how bad is it and you got even yeah. that video like even one of, one of the many videos that was shared if you saw that that would hold for anyone a lot of you know pain and trauma to it because it is real violence but particularly mm. for someone who has faced racism consistently in their life you know and so that thing of actually how important it is for people for everyone to take a day off social media but for, you know for, non-black and white activists to be mm. taking time to go deeper and people who you know don't understand the issues as much as they want to and yeah. then for people you know for young black people and black people as a whole to take the chance just to take that break because also there's you know and it's incredible really that on social media you can't really you know go you know you can watch probably one story that hasn't got anything to do with the issue currently and the rest mm. is full of it but that also has you know that means that you're constantly wherever you're looking it's always there so i think you know if you're trying to process it and you're sort of being constantly flooded with more information you know like for me i know that it took a few days to actually properly like understand and kind of give proper time to thinking about george floyd because there was like this it was so there's a sudden shift from being in this global pandemic to then now you know black lives matters getting this awareness again was um, sudden in a way yeah I understand, and just a uh, just a quick side note about the protests. Mm. I think seeing videos like that is. I've also seen people being put off going to protests, mm. which is not. I don't think that's. I don't think that is very progressive in that way. But yeah, in terms of the going back to the blackout thing, it kind of mm. also the way people were speaking, it was kind of suggesting that like this is the, this is the end type of thing. Like the whole that the whole protest and you being an activist can happen. It can resume tomorrow. It could res- even be resumed today. Yeah. It wasn't. It was just. It was just a day off because, obviously, we are in lockdown. Granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's quite a lot just to dedicate time, to, mm-hmm. just educating yourself, especially mm-hmm. when sadly, it's not. I don't think it is the main priority for most people. So mm-hmm. I think. It, you constantly seeing the same thing over and over again, it must have some psychological effects. Like, what? Mm-hmm. It must be a thing like, why am I seeing this or why am I not acting mm-hmm. like, on this? Because I would, I would then, like, um, what's it called? I would, 
I naturally have a thing where I just go on my phone and click Instagram. Maybe not the mm-hmm. healthiest of habits, but yeah, I think we've we've all got it though. Yeah, so I've, 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 I've done this like five times, and I'm still seeing these bad screens. It was obviously, I was saying, it felt it filled me with like immense pride, and I felt as if I was really, I was really proud to see how people were embracing it early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it also was like, yeah, this is David. You should not be. There's nothing. There's nothing here for you technically, but you shouldn't. You should be using this time in particular. You can come on Instagram. You can come on Instagram later that night, for example. But mm-hmm. right now, just take time to, even for yourself, mm-hmm. it could just yeah. be a, a little social media cleanse type of thing. Because I obviously yeah. I, I didn't post, so it was just a bit of a, a bit of a break from having to keep up with standards, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's. Yeah, knowing that, you know, some people and, you know, we've got a mutual friend, Charlotte, who I know is doing Mm. a lot of this time. And actually it's to be able to go, you know, to encourage people to take the time for themselves, even if it is just, you know, before going to bed, just actually having a moment away from all the stuff that's happening. Because, of course, you know, it's a consistent fight and there's a lot of stuff currently saying, you you know, if you're speaking up now and sure that you're going to be speaking up in, you know, a month's time when it's gone out of fashion and when, you know, the news isn't covering it anymore. Um, and actually, you know, the only way you can do that is by making sure you're taking time to sort of respect yourself at this moment. Like really, you could easily burn out. Like, let's say for me, I could spend, or for anyone, you know, spend all week, like just constantly talking about this and doing this and doing this and, you know, not taking any moment of rest. You're not, and like being, you know, having quite a, toxic not toxic relationship but being flooded with information and not you know, having a chance just to sort of breathe as such and then you know in a week's time after that feeling way too overwhelmed to do anything so i think it's making that kind of distinction that actually by looking after yourself is also a sort of form of it's not a form of activism but it's a way of ensuring that you can still be supporting the issue and you know, still be moving forward mm. you know in months time and keeping it and also you know for example the impact that actually you know, taking a day or taking like a day out, a time, bit of time out of each, bloody hour, I can't remember what I'm trying to say, um, some time out of your day to read, you know, up on black history and all the issues. Yeah. Means that you'll, you know, by the end of the week, you've come away with a really profound understanding, which, you know, maybe being on social media and posting a lot wouldn't give you. Of course, it you know, I think the benefit of social media is that it allows people to, you know, constantly be yeah, engaging with the issue and realising there's awareness they should be gaining and yes if it is it's an interesting one really yeah i did want to ask you how Mm -hmm. how you felt about um there's this kind of this this narrative or rhetoric of like um it's funny it's funny how people are posting like quote unquote funny how people posting stuff now but three for the rest of the year they're not type of thing how do Mm -hmm. you how do you feel about that in terms of like I say, I guess you could call it new activism type of thing. Mm. I think it's it is an interesting one because it's the same. I, mean, I think with any activism movement, there was this is kind of taken away from it, but there was. I, I it is a tough one because for me personally, I don't. I think I, I want to be careful. I don't sound like I'm sort of flexing and so on, but I know that I've been taking you know, the last year or so. I've been really educating myself around race, yeah. around these yeah. issues. I've had conversations with you on a lot of stuff. And trying to like constantly be doing stuff, almost not on a grassroots level, but kind of 
which I think is the way forward personally, I feel, is by having conversations, by doing this and that. Um, but I think, you know, it's also, it's that thing of actually, now it's come, like now's the, it almost felt like now's the moment. Like this is when it's mm. kind of revealed, like there was um, Al Sharpton, who was the priest or reverend who gave uh, the eulogy at George Floyd's memorial was saying, quoted the Bible saying, you know, it's a different time, it's a different season. And how we're seeing, I think this is the biggest civil rights marches we've ever seen because of so many countries getting involved. And, you know, this is slightly taken away from it, but I think it is that thing of, of course, you know, people weren't talking about this before, but if we look at people, you know, if you kind of go, oh, you know, you weren't doing anything and now you're doing something now, you're sort of not appreciating the fact that people are doing something now. Um, Yeah, exactly. And it's also the kind of thing of, I don't know, until something happens, I don't think, you know, people don't feel the need to, you know, if you go, mm. oh, yeah, there's institutional racism, you kind of go, am I just going to, like, if I'm constantly just shouting about that with no one else hearing me, you know, mm. it feels like quite a thing, or if you sort of out of the, you know, out of the blue, of course, which is, you know, what we should really be doing, but I think it, the natural thing is when there's an audience that's kind of ready, but it is a tough one, and I was quite upset, I saw, so I'm recently, have seen quite a lot of hackers, I don't know if the audience or you are familiar with them, David, um, but it's the traditional Maori dance, which is normally done as a sign of celebration or, you know, mm. before Boston and all this. And it was done at the Black Lives Matter March in New Zealand. Mm. And, you know, I was, it was the first time I was sort of brought to tears throughout all of this, because I think there is a lot to be taken on with this, just coming from a dancing background. Mm. I'm always moved by them. I was really moved by it. And then saw someone saying, but where were you when? And they named all these black people that have been killed by the police in America. You know, when were you yeah. when this happened? And actually go and look, they're here now and they're in real solidarity. Like, of course, I mean, they then went, you know, we were trying to sort out stuff in our country and, you know, what was going on. But I think, it's, yeah, appreciating yeah. people that are now. Yeah, exactly, exactly what you're mm. saying. Um, How, I've kind of thought of it myself because I've just seen, like, recent, recent people, recently people are saying, like, um, even both ways, like, oh, where are you going to be so-and-so or where were you back then type mm-hmm. thing and I just think of that that age-old phrase like better late than never mm-hmm. it is obviously insane how people are this late like this is almost mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. 60 64 80 years after major civil rights movements that in mm-hmm. this modern era mm-hmm. but to mention all the things in like South Africa and um, yeah. in Europe as well but mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of just better late than never and uh, I don't know this sounds a bit counterintuitive but mm-hmm. I, d- I don't really expect many people to be like I don't expect there to be a Black Lives Matter march every week every day yeah because mm-hmm. it also then dumbs, dumbs down the message like just saturates the message but as well as I feel as if you just assume people I, I don't know it's just that dangerous mm. assumption that everyone thinks like this anyway so why would you mm-hmm. need to say it because mm. i think that's how that's how the, the black lives matter um slogan has been taken out of context it's not really understood being understood mm-hmm. people yeah. people are taken as like only black lives matter mm-hmm. but effect yeah if we discuss this effectively it means black lives also matter black lives matter too yeah. and mm-hmm. as well as your as well as all the other lives that you want to mention Mm-hmm. Whether that be white people or animal rights, anything, you know, mm-hmm. one is no one is suggesting that Black Lives Matter more than anyone else. 
And even yeah. so, even so, was that it, it? That's not the case, anyway. So mm. I don't really understand how. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost as if mm. like they're being if people feel threatened by something that's not even mm-hmm. happening in the first place. Like we just we just barely want equality. Never mind, never mind going yeah. above and beyond. Mm. But yeah, I think it's better. It's, it's it's I'd rather see people involved now than by themselves at any other time only because now that's obviously that does sound bad but only because mm-hmm. when you are by yourself there is that thing of you just do not get, really get taken seriously mm-hmm. and that's the issue because mm-hmm. then then it's just although you're in your um in your heart you obviously do feel what they're saying but in your head they're like you're like someone's mm-hmm. saying this and it's not really getting traction type of thing it's just kind of like outside of mind type of thing mm-hmm. i think it's you know you can compare it to you know this time last year you know, we were seeing the sort of rise and awareness of climate change and greta thunberg and you go yeah before that, exactly you know, if you then went oh where is everyone now it's actually going you know we're here now and you know I think it's incredible it's that given the time to really appreciate the people who have been on it from days you know like if you look at people like akala who've not stopped in their career talking about it you know there's a lot of people i mean and you know i'm going back to al sharpton you know he's been working on it for ages you know his, his thing i think he was saying that you know he's basically done a eulogy for every young black man who was killed by the police you know how incredible that is and you you know going actually the example of people who are constantly working is incredible and like to take from that um, and also to quote him again, because I was really moved by him, was there was this thing of actually, you know, we're not asking, you know, the whole point of Black Lives Matter, we're not asking for anything more than, and his phrase was, you know, taking your knee off our neck, you know, the fact that actually the whole system within the UK, the world and the US has you know, meant that black people can't succeed and can't fulfil their full potential because of a lot of, you know, glass ceilings put up and a lot of restrictions and um, discrimination against them but actually going mm. just give us the chance to almost prove ourselves and to you know kind of show our true potential so I think it is now just appreciating that actually you know now is the kind of the time that this has all come up but also you know it's yeah I think just appreciating that people are now caring and it's going you know what can we do to ensure people are doing you know the right things because of course you could care for a few weeks and then you know give up about it but actually how do we ensure people you know it, we have lasting change in society rather than yeah making it a trend saying it is you know it feels like the crucial moment now because so many people are aware and we're seeing so many people standing up at this moment and really making you know a, like really showing like the power of this movement and also that you know we will be able to move forward with you know take steps forward with this all mm, exactly i think this kind of does link on that you briefly mentioned it the um, the thing about Black Lives Matter, the actual statement. You'll be interested mm-hmm. to talk about that. I've just thought to myself now, if at the core of it, mm-hmm. Black Lives Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter technically mean the same thing. Yeah, because it's basically it's basically saying that because All Lives Matter then effectively includes Black Lives as well. The, mm-hmm. However, the only reason Black Lives Matter is being said is because mm-hmm. at this current time, or in this world, the actions mm-hmm. that we've seen by police, by institutions, by even mm-hmm. just attitudes on the street, yeah, 
unfortunately, us black, our black lives or whatever, however you want to call it, they do mm. not matter as, as much as yeah. the next person. So mm. it's kind of like, I, uh, there was that, have you, I don't know if you've seen the house analogy about the house being on fire. Yeah. Mm. At first, when I saw it, I didn't really understand. I didn't really, because someone just said it without a caption. I thought, I thought they mm-hmm. were kind of taking the taking the piss out of it, mm-hmm. but I do yeah. I did understand like this. There's a house on fire. No one is like all lives matter should be. It's, it's not even really. It doesn't really even need to be said because mm-hmm. the point is the point with saying something like like that is that it suggests that they don't matter. So mm-hmm. the people who, have, who said not all lives matter and said I've asked them, would you mm-hmm. feel as if white lives don't matter as much as black lives? Would you feel as if, not even black? Do you feel as if white lives don't matter as much as everyone else? The answer mm-hmm. is obviously the answer is obviously no because that's not mm-hmm. that's not the point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, just a when people say that it's the innate like defensive mm-hmm. part of you to feel as if mm-hmm. no, why am I, why do I feel left out? But it's like that. Yeah. I saw someone put mm-hmm. it perfectly. Why you're you're very very lucky. That you're not left out in the first place. Like, why would you? Why would you want to be? Why would you want to be left out? Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, no. And there was a good point recently of someone saying that you know, people, you know, white people get offended offended when you say you know, if you refer to white people as a whole. Yeah. There's this thing of you. Oh, you know, you're putting me in with all the bad people. But then imagine, you know, for black people and anyone who's not white, essentially, you're assumed to be a certain person or a certain thing because of your you know the your skin Literally. and then also you know you're being killed you know there's not even this thing of oh we're killing these black people because they're confirmed murderers or whatever you know all these things it's purely that's because the they're black like it's i think it is of course all lives matter would be that's kind of what we're aiming for is the point where we can start marching saying all lives matter because you know we all are now on a level of equality that we matter even more like you know mm-hmm. that thing of you know we now want the world to be even better for everyone because it's we've got to a kind of level where everyone's equal like almost but it's that thing of yeah it takes it's i think there's this sort of intuitive thing of it's just a kind of reaction i think when people hear something it's going you know why am i not you know why do i feel like, there's that kind of yeah visceral thing i think it's it is a really interesting one because of course and we've spoken about this um we've spoken about everything basically but you know we've mentioned this but it's this thing of you know actually understanding you know, for white people at this time, um, you know, this is not necessarily your, you know, this is, for me, you know, of course I'm supporting it, um, but, you know, I'm not being directly affected, so I'm not going to be the one who's going to be telling everyone what to do, and, you know, it isn't my movement as such, I'm now supporting it and I'm helping as much as I can, but understanding actually, you know, I can't be the person at the front of the, you know, line shouting and doing all this, and I can't be saying, you know, you shouldn't be protesting all this, it's going, this is not, you know, the same way that if you were a male going to a feminist march, you wouldn't, mm. you know, issue on women's rights. You wouldn't go, now let's do this. And, you know, I want to be the one in charge here. Mm. Um, so I think it's you know, understanding actually that you have to just be aware of the times and just really read, like almost reading the room, but just understanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's like where that's you are. Perfect. Exactly. It's like, mm. come on, just, it's, just take the selfishness, like that selfish instinct out of you. Like this is not, Sadly, it's not about you today, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And we need we need those people's help. That's the problem. We need their help mm-hmm. for it for for us to not even mention it. If you help us, or if those type of people help us change mm-hmm. attitudes, then 
no one would be saying no one would need to say Black Lives Matter type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, and I think the one thing is also really valuing what the role of different people are. So you know, me as a white person means that you know if I'm as I am really invested into the issue now, I'm really trying to educate myself. It means that I can talk to white people from a different perspective of going, look, I now I understand white privilege from a you know personal experience. I understand white fragility and all this, and let's talk about that instead of you know you know I have the role within my own sort of community and circles, which mm. you know for someone else is harder to achieve. You know, if you were to talk to a bunch of white people, they may go, oh look, you know, it's just you know, that's a classic thing of you know it's a black man with a chip on his shoulder but if yeah, i go this is something that's really annoying me this is really pissing me off i can't believe it mm-hmm. if they're going to ah okay we can, like, we'll listen to you because you're quote unquote one of us and that's not always the case but i think understanding that actually each person and people who are getting involved you have a sort of unique thing in you in this case for white people it's not to be the ones leading it's the ones who are having conversations in different circles as such and to be doing you know, taking the time to educate and show, you know, I think by educating yourself and taking time to understand it is like a real sign of respect to the movement because you're saying, you know, I want to understand where I've gone wrong or why we're here. And that whole process is I think, crucial to be doing, really. Yeah, um, it was interesting when you briefly mentioned it was about a conversation I had about the, like, the difference and the value that, say, a white activist would have talking about mm. a certain subject or no the person who is quote unquote the oppressed because they mm. could be they could be a, a woman talking about women's rights or a mm-hmm. uh, white man talking about racism it's kind mm. of like whose whose message come is more powerful like whose message comes across clearer and it was interesting because i always i'm always of the fact that the person who is being oppressed will naturally want to stand up against mm-hmm. what has been said. Mm-hmm. So they can, they obviously have the first-hand experience, no one can take mm-hmm. that away from them, but they also have their innate want to change the way they're being treated. Mm-hmm. So, so their voice is very, very powerful because mm-hmm. they experience it, they want to make a change, and they're going to, they're some, there was basically who who is more whose voice is more compelling, whose voice is more convincing. Mm-hmm. So their voice, they can they the way they speak, you would be almost be able to feel it within themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other side would be someone who is maybe I suppose yeah, most examples on the privileged side. So maybe a white man mm-hmm. or just a man to my woman's mm-hmm. rights. Yeah. So they have been able to take themselves out of their situation and realise, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not treated or I'm not viewed the same as the other people are. Mm-hmm. And for them to kind of acknowledge that, sadly, it's, pra- it's obviously praise because it's a good thing, but it's only praise because it's obviously not the norm. So for them to be able to do that and mm-hmm. then have the because even even for the person who's been impressed having the confidence to speak up is is a lot mm. okay it's, it's, yeah. it almost it feels like you against the world you against seven mm. another people yeah so for then another person who's outside of that to then also feel have that confidence maybe the confidence is slightly different because they know that yeah they know that they're not they're not going to go home to be an oppressor it's just that's just mm-hmm. the day but people who fully immerse themselves and I, I don't know, I, 
I just tend to, I tend to um, feel as if their their voice is slightly more powerful because of that thing you were saying. The the press the press voice usually just get overlooked as always. Mm. So for the fact that someone can genuinely, because I was mentioning this to you as well, and there's a lot you it's it's this thing has become white versus black. And obviously the white people are not racist thinking why 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 is this a battle that I'm fighting that is like I'm not I'm not racist or nothing. And it's also mm. it's also led to a few people trying to prove they're not racist, which obviously is just mm. it's just it makes me so makes me sh- shiver. Like how can you how why would you want to prove you're not racist? Like it's not it's not a, you're not gonna get a tap on you top on your shoulder, you're not gonna get a pat on your back to the mm. But anyway, it's become so it's become like a, a race war. And it's that mm. thing of if you can take yourself out of that and fight for the other people's cause, I think that is very powerful. However, both both sides do have ways of going about it. So if you're a mm. white person and you're saying oh, um black lives matter, um I don't know, whatever, all these racists, da-da-da, mm. you know what, I, I know my privilege and I'm happy, I'm happy that, um, I don't know, there's, there's a, such a wrong way to go about it as well. Mm. So I think the best way for them to go about it is to help support other black people. I think that mm-hmm. is, that's the most, that is obviously the most powerful combination because it's kind of showing that I understand where you're coming from, and you're you're effectively talking about me. You're effectively you could be talking about my family, you could be talking about my wife, you could be talking about my grandmother. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not aligning myself with them. I'm aligning myself with you to perpetuate mm-hmm. your message, and that's the most yeah. powerful. That is the most powerful combination. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I guess. Go ahead. Yeah. Just Sorry. lastly, mm-hmm. I also do. I, I wanted to just ask this even to you. Like, it's that thing of wanting i've seen a lot of um people kind of say thank you for like mm-hmm. uh so, but i do understand saying thank you for using your platform mm-hmm. or thank you for doing this thank you for sharing this but i don't know i find i find saying thank you for coming out a bit of an a bit uncomfortable because that mm-hmm. obviously ties into that thing of just being involved for the sake of it or feeling like should you really be praised for something that you should normally do so mm. there's kind of link yeah mm. so you, um, what what is your what is your reasons for doing you know i think there is that kind of conflict not conflict but i think it is yeah really important i think to appreciate the unique sides of both voices and kind of yeah it's not to pin them against each other but to really go you know each voice the same way that individuals have a different role within society and different things you can do uh, yeah just to give that kind of side to it you know i think yeah to appreciate that both sides have value to them um and then to answer your point on you know whether or not we should or like there should be this sort of culture of thanking people for sharing i think it's a tough one because there is this thing of actually like let's not congratulate people on being anti-racist because that is what you should be doing already but i think of course and i think i get the sentiment behind that but i also think there is this thing of actually you know I don't know, it is tough, you know, it's now people taking this stand and really making their point clear. And so it is, I don't, you know, I don't know the exact answer of, you know what I mean? It's not 
easy to me but i think it's if something really moves me i'll thank someone for posting it like let's yeah. say and that's yeah. for me as you know of course as a white person if something being shared like oh thank you like, i wasn't expecting that or even just mm. the act of me sharing that again is kind of showing the power that's had but i think it is tough because it's you know it could become very easy but not easy but I think there is that issue of if you're then just thanking people for doing what they should have always been doing of you know being aware mm. of race and all this i think also for me i was just thinking you know if i was let's say i was beaten up or something or if something happened to me and you spoke up about it i was of course mm. be thankful because you had you know there's no reason really for you to have to but you're mm. doing it because you want to so i think it's an interesting one um and it is tough because there's a lot of talk of being an ally at this point and you know it's actually taking that kind of commitment of going this is like this is something if you want to be an ally it is a sort of it is a sort of lifelong commitment it's something you have to be doing consistently yeah. which i to- of course totally agree with and actually going it's you know there was a whole thing and i'm so i think there's still for me it's a lot to navigate to, I sort of understand properly but you know a lot of saying that actually we shouldn't be using the term too lightly you know if you're just posting a few things and getting on with your day that you're an ally it's you know this kind of commitment to actually you know shifting within your own life what your un- your understanding of the world around you is and then mm. taking action but it is i think it's one of, i'm also i'm really it sounds bad but i'm just quite glad that these conversations are finally happening because yeah. those points when i was feeling like you know i was of course not the only person but it can really feel like it when you're not seeing any like major societal shifts to go oh you know why is no one else talking about this but i think it's understanding that it's incredible i think particularly when you're aware of something before society become you know before it becomes a real topic of actually going you know the environment around you isn't reflecting how you feel but you're making that kind of stand within the environment like you're making the efforts to start something and even if you know of course i don't think that the conversations i had meant that everyone now is super aware but i know that for some people it helps support them in their journey understanding or it meant they could finally talk about something and so on so i think it's yeah appreciating that it does yeah it takes time but yeah i'm sort of glad that in a way we're now you know for some people they've been forced to come to terms with it and you know this whole term of anti-racist what you know is that thing actually you can be you, know, you can think racism is bad but then you can in your actions you know you can show that you believe that and you can make steps to kind of mm. combat that rather than it just being oh that's so bad for them yeah exactly I, yeah i suppose it's this it's kind of like I, a lot of power that we stand with you i'd not <laughs> rather someone say oh, I, I stand with you i suppose saying thank you Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I think it's, I think standing with you is kind of it's, it is being like having solidarity between you and kind mm-hmm. of understanding where you're coming from as opposed to think is kind of like you're pray you're putting them up a bit of a, on a pedestal like I think mm-hmm. it's a bit it's a bit of a dangerous thing because then I just I just I'm just thinking of like the psychology of like, the, endor- mm-hmm. like, the endorphins like you get from it you kind mm-hmm. of then are you do- are you doing it for the cause or are you doing it to feel involved, they doing it for yeah. your vested self-interest, which is obviously mm-hmm. just um, a, a small fuse. I wanted to also just moving on. I wanted to mention. Um, oh, it's gone out of my head now. We're talking about we're talking about the oil eyes matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a point just on what you were saying of this. I stand with you and sort of thank you side of it. Is yeah. there is this real issue now? People feeling there's a need to prove you're not racist there's a sort of need to yeah. prove 
this and that. But I think for me, it's just encouraging people that if it's coming from a genuine desire, you know, to really stand up. And I think the actual idea of standing up, not the idea, but the importance of it is incredible. And that thing of actually going, you know, I'm making this clear stance. I'm not going to, you know, for some people, they may be surrounded by friends who are racist or, you know, have an audience that won't be as kind as, you know, mine or other people's to you making your point, but actually just going, you know, I stand up and this is like me making a kind of determination, like this, like sense of, like, this is a moment for me to say, you know, I do not agree with this. And that, mm. um, yeah, that kind of importance of that. And for me, and I'll just go and hopefully you get your point back by the end of what I'm saying. But um, yeah. for me, it was actually going, you know, what can I also do in this moment? Of course, there's, you know, with lockdown, I'm not going to be protesting just purely for my family's health and my health. Um, and there's certain things that I won't be doing as such, or, you know, I can be posting stuff on social media. But I also made the determination that, you know, in my life forward, I'm going to continue the same kind of energy and the same awareness. And that, you know, I make a commitment to wanting to, you know, change society, but also seeing how using my own sort of unique um, qualities, you know, what I can be doing. So, you know, as someone who's looking to go into sort of dance and film scene, you know, what can I be doing if it is just ensuring that I'm making steps to create an industry which is no longer, well, like is you know, actually checking its racism and checking all these issues and understanding that, you know, how crucial it is to be, you know, putting forward narratives that aren't just, or stories and art that's not just by white people. And, you know, of course, I can't do that by myself, actually going, I want to make a stand that in, you know, in 50 years time, we won't still have to be working on these same issues. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that kind of ties up, kind of going back, it's kind of like, what is your role like what is mm -hmm. your role in, in in society like how mm -hmm. what am i supposed to do like if, if if someone has a posted is that person not say are they yeah. as they say silent and complicit like what mm -hmm. what do you think how do you think people can go about because it's obviously easy to say educate yourself mm -hmm. sign sign petitions do go to protests mm -hmm. um donate for example but what what really how do you how can you kind of find out what your part to play in this, in this is? Yeah. Um, I think it's, as I was kind of saying, it's first of all, I think you have to respect your own life. Like you have to respect yourself before this is the classic. You have to love yourself before you love anyone else, but yeah. like, you have to really respect your own life and respect your qualities. So there's stuff like I've recently been realizing that, you know, I've got, I do certain things that, you know, they're very much me or, you know, I'll occasionally lose the ability, not the ability, but I'll forget how to say a certain word or you know, mispronounce stuff and so on, all these things that can seem like weaknesses. And, you know, the fact that I am quite sensitive or that, you know, I can occasionally be this and this and this, but actually going, that is who I am, that's my life. And that a lot of my weaknesses are inherently my strengths. Um, but it's, yeah, going, what can I do? And it's using your kind of platform, like your, I think it's when you appreciate yourself you can then kind of go okay this is what i'm good at and you know i'm good at you know i feel i'm good at having conversations and talking about the issue ahead and not ahead but issues that are happening and to so go okay one of my things would be that i have conversations with people um but also and you know it's yeah i think also yeah seeing what uniquely you can be doing but also and this is to everyone i think it's you know with all the information you're getting with all this educational stuff it's ensuring that you're also, you are probably taking it in. And there's a term in Buddhism of human revolution. And it's this idea of, you know, you're constantly 
you know, the same way we've got a revolution outside ourselves and the world around us is having a sort of revolution within yourself of actually shifting different things and changing the way you're looking at things um, mm. and understanding by coming to terms and being stronger within yourself, you're then able to go out in the world and be yourself in yeah. a sort of better way. Yeah, exactly. I agree with what you're saying. I think to me, I think understanding your role is kind of understanding the type of person you are. If you're not mm -hmm. an outgoing person, you're not exactly, I don't know, you're not the most, just say articulate, but you're not the most, you're not the most outgoing person. Mm -hmm. Posting videos of yourself, um, speaking out like little rants or I don't know, just kind of going out, doing, being out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I suppose I don't, I wouldn't force upon anyone. However, the thing about the conversation mm -hmm. thing is I do feel as if posting stuff is inherently uncomfortable. So breaking mm -hmm. through that is, I do feel is important. And it, would, it would be yeah. better for you as a person. Mm -hmm. But things just kind of like, you know how musicians or poets are writing poems type of thing. Like that mm -hmm. is obviously, that is the most beautiful way to use your talent and yeah. use what you're about mm -hmm. to perpetuate a message. If you're, if you're an artist, people are drawing, lo drawing lovely um, pictures and mm -hmm. kind of like yeah. um, graphics, if you're a designer or whatever. Mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, it's kind of like understanding what you're doing. Like our friend um, Effie mm -hmm. is doing yeah. um, wire earrings and she's taken donations. I think that's mm -hmm. like one of those amazing things I've ever seen, like mm -hmm. kind of using her. She obviously has um, her designs are quite unique to herself. And it's kind of like using her talents and art for for greater cause. I think that is. Mm. I think that is. I think that's amazing. That's how you can do it. If maybe mm. you don't necessarily have an extravagant talent like that, mm. the basis, the most easiest basis, as humans, we like to talk. The mm. most yeah. basic thing we can do is conversate. Mm. Try try and avoid. You know, try and avoid conversating with people who are in your echo chamber. You don't want to be talking about the same things. You don't want to be, don't want to be agreeing mm. on the same things because that only fuels your initial ideology. Try to talk to people who can tell you a story. Who can not? They don't mm. need to tell you their life story, but who can tell you a different perspective? Because perspective mm. is so important. You just yeah. I think dialogue is always that's what this podcast is about. One hundred percent. I think this thing of how important yeah dialogues are and the fact yeah. that that is inherently as you were sort of saying humans that is what we want but I think yeah it's important that and it can be you know people even within your own circles you can just have a proper conversation you know I was visited by a friend of mine and yeah we spoke about race quite a few times we've spoken about this and that and you know just kind of actually you know how are you and you know what where are you on this point and you know even though I think we think the same way you know, because he's a black man, he has a different experience to me, and he'll go, yeah. "Well, I'm, I'm used to hearing this so much and so much, and now it's nice to hear this." And I'm going, "Oh, I didn't even think about that." Yeah, and yeah. you know, him sharing just his, you know, the fam his family history, and that whole side to it. But I think it's really trying to have proper conversations and dialogues where you're able to respect the person in front of you, because I think there is an issue where, you know, if you're, <clears throat> pardon me, <laughs> bloody hell, if you're not Sorry. respecting the person in front of you it's not a proper conversation because you're not listening to them properly. So I think it's, yeah, it's taking this time as well to, you know, properly learn the skills of listening and talking, putting your point forward and understanding the point of other people. So for me, it was going actually, you know, I understand why someone like I can somewhat understand why someone would be racist because 
of the system we're in. And that's obviously come from my educational side, but also going, you know, if you and your family's racist and you're in an only white, you know, a town where there was basically just white people, it makes mm. perfect sense to me that you've not got this understanding of the ideas and that you've been brought up in this kind of environment. And I can't then go, oh my God, you're so racist, I hate you. Actually going, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, maybe you, it, you know, you could, and even if he, this person, imaginary person doesn't take any steps to go against that, of course, I'd be annoyed. Because I go, you know, this is a real issue. I really believe in it. But also going, you know, I can respect you, even though I don't agree with what you're saying. And it is a tough thing to do. I think that's maybe one of the hardest things is to really um, build a respect for people, like whoever's in front of you in this moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So amongst conversations, I think the other route to go down is content. We, mm. as in this age, we consume a lot, a lot of content. Whether mm. that be podcasts like this, or um, mm. or videos, or films, shows, mm. music, especially. I think. I don't want it to, I don't know, you know, back in school in French, they're like, mm. oh, to help you learn French, you should listen to French music. That kind of yeah. defeats the point of, unless the music is good, kind of defeats the point because you listen to music to enjoy yourself. Mm. But I think, I think trying to use it in that way will also be helpful because mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch, like, I don't know, it sounds, it sounds bad, but if, if someone recommends me to watch, maybe a documentary about um or even just a film about um racism and mm-hmm. objectively the film's not very good i don't think that is very very i don't think that's helpful in mm. in spreading your message because people then they kind of you kind of take yeah, yeah. the value out of it and you're like mm. why am i watching this i think the best ones are the ones and other ones that are entertaining and do yeah. obviously leave a message with you so obviously mm. the most the most highest the most famous ones effectively mm. uh, are the best to go for however mm. we've met you mentioned one the other day be careful on how kind of trying to understand where the point of view is coming from yeah because you can easily it can easily be painted as like a um film on race yeah film on race but realistically and like behind it they're just exploiting the the, the personal mm. it's just it's message is not always as clear to see mm-hmm. yeah um i think um, a great example trying to jump in um a great example of i think it is a tough thing because i saw i remember in the span of i think it was a few weeks i saw one film about a friend somewhat friend i know who's made a film on his life which is called farming it's about his experience being a nigerian boy who was taken in by a white family and it was the whole film pretty much from like 10 minutes in was really painful like it was quite traumatic and going ah oh. like he became a skinhead and you know of course that's not the done thing that a black person becomes a skinhead but you see this whole person you see mm. all the abuse and all this and all of us that went to see it in the cinema we left feeling physically sick which i've never felt in art red or i've felt it once before but going fuck that's what it was like and like this is the like that's how bad it was and then i watched K- um, black kkk Klansman by spike lee a few weeks later which is a really light-hearted film as such not light-hearted but it's a film that's got a lot of humor and joy to it but it's covering mm. of course a tough topic and then finishes on a really like a note that goes ah oh, i'm thinking and they both have their unique way of working for you but you know yeah. in a way it's meant that you've gone on this whole journey and i've spoken about this on 
previous podcast i find films and documentaries are a way of really living that experience so like i watched a film last night and you go you're there living it even though i'm in my front room i'm going through this whole process and i'm going to you know i'm the one that's having to you know i'm always thinking where's the money going to come from even though i know you know i'm not in this situation um and yeah there is like it is that thing of we can really use culture and you know music is incredible i've spoken about it a lot and i never stopped talking about it you know black by dave a song which is exceptionally incredible and you can listen to it a hundred times there's always more to be getting from it but you know it's incredible mm. you've managed to put, you know, move on a message and really share a message through music and the arts that you're you know it connects people in a different way than saying you know, read you could read all those lyrics in an essay if they can make mm. it into a formal writing and you wouldn't connect to it because he's sharing his emotion and the soundtrack mm. contra- you know provides for it and all these different things so i think it's yeah the fact that we connect in different ways mm. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, it's also going back to the thing of like how do you best connect to the content you watch? Mm, yeah. If you don't like documentary, watch uh, a dramatized action or listen to music, mm. listen to maybe some albums that you maybe not would have wanted to listen to because you don't feel as if you're in that type of mental mm. state. Or, yeah. Um, and lastly, I suppose it's just the standard petitions mm-hmm. um donations i remember you you posted on your instagram i think a lot of people took went on and made a change including me and my friends um mm-hmm. the change.org thing mm-hmm. how you just all you have to do is just sign up to an account once yeah and just effectively just go through and just sign as many as you as many as you can just trying to get your little your influence out there they also mm-hmm. do email you with um some some i guess stories that need to be helped i'm not sure how i'm not sure how i feel about that because i don't want it to be like um like they're trying to exploit people into feeling guilty i feel mm. as if try and sign the petitions that are you um you connect yeah. with mm-hmm. you connect with and you feel as if we'll actually make a change in terms of donations donations is always a hard thing because it's kind of like, where do I give my money to? I don't mm. necessarily have millions to be given away. Yeah. Personally, the ones that I've heard and I've tried to contribute myself to are um, creators, obviously, like, I feel like we mentioned, people who are obviously offering a service, but mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's still helping su- to support their, their brand. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a, a, posit- a double positive. Mm-hmm. because people obviously get to see her work and then obviously request to buy mm-hmm. other stuff but as well as she'll actually take some out and or take or all like, and give and give to um causes that are in need the one i did also really i don't want to say like but the one i did um connect to is the bail one because mm-hmm. an issue we'll, we'll get to this later about um police and stuff but an issue with, especially within um, America, is that these these black people, if they if they're not if they're not mistreated, they eventually get um, arrested and mm-hmm. put into jails and I forgot the name of it. But these these places where they just sit, if, it, if whether they're innocent, whether they're so and so, they just mm-hmm. sit for weeks and weeks because their bails are set at 
extortionate amounts. They can yeah. set like someone can be arrested on the street for, I don't know. I guess they call it a misdemeanor. Maybe mm-hmm. they did it. Maybe they didn't. But they're barely set mm-hmm. like a one million pounds. Mm-hmm. Who who in their right mind? Like, even even most rich parents might think twice about bailing their yeah. son out for one million pounds. Mm-hmm. And where's that million pounds going to? A, a crooked police system. Anyway, donating to bail funds is really, really, really helpful mm. to to help those families who, because the bail is not. It's not. You may think, oh, bail is there for a reason. It's not a reflection of the crime. If mm. someone stole a million, if some like the fact that you're a bail thing in in the first place is in place because they don't. Do they have that here? They don't have bails in the UK. In no, the UK, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so helping that to um, to help afford these extortionate prices that they put on black and people of color individ- in individually, I think that's very helpful. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and also clever stuff like there was one person who put out. Of course, I've not I've not fact checked it, but I've seen a lot of support behind it. Um, is there's someone who put a video on YouTube? and put loads of ads on it and yeah. then you know what the actual video itself was loads of black creators sharing their art and you know all the ad revenue would go to black lives matter and you you know simply and i've done it is just put on a video in the background mute it let it run yeah, with all the ads going and you're it's you know in a way you're kind of cheating the system at this point you're taking you know the money that is and i've, I've not looked at a single ad i looked at one of them and just went oh that's dreadful but like yeah. we're, we're taking not we're not essentially we're taking money but this thing of yeah and it's also i think it's tough because you know if every issue that it is tough because there's so many issues happening at this moment i think it's that thing of you know of course pe- money is although it's not what we want it to be you know you don't want money to be the kind of def- uh, the thing that defines your happiness and all this and that you know it is quite a tough thing in society and it is what you know, makes the world go around at this point but i think it is yeah where you can donate and where yeah i think it's incredible where you see creators and creatives yeah providing the service you know providing what they usually would and then just instead of taking the money for themselves or all of it for themselves you know having that act of then sharing it on a you know to a cause really also with um with that i think it is careful to um fully understand like the point of view of a creator like don't pressure them to have yeah. to donate all their money because mm-hmm. at the end of the day these their bills to pay like this is not this is not the best best of times try to obviously mm-hmm. encourage those super super fans and stuff like that like if they're if they're massive established brands then obviously try to keep keep try to help with them but the smaller ones appreciate and if they are donating i don't know this personally i've done this but if they are donating give them a bit on top as well for themselves to keep going mm-hmm. and be able mm-hmm. to survive whilst whilst mm-hmm. trying to be selfless in themselves yeah no absolutely and i think it's yeah appreciating and this is kind of going back to it, i think yeah the best way to really understand any sort of time period any sort of issue is i think to go to the arts you kind of see as always a reflection you know you look at music and you look at you know you could just look at one person's you know, backlog of work and just understand the times they were in from the way, particularly you know, artists like Nina Simone, artists that are very much political in their work, even if it's not obvious all the time. It's, yeah, really understanding that there is so much you learn from art. Um, yeah, that it's, I think it is incredible, really, that we're able to 
have you know art and music which is reflective of so many issues and we can connect to so sort of sincerely exactly exactly um, um so yeah i think do you want to go on to the issue of police and stuff in america i mean yeah whatever you we've got so many points here whatever you'd like to go on to if you start it i'm happy to yeah um obviously it's very difficult to um to relate to a system that we don't necessarily experience firsthand but mm -hmm. to the best of our ability we do a lot of reading we do a lot of listening i think we can speak on it somewhat and yeah it's just that thing of um how how um i've had a lot of conversations with people recently on my account and they're they're kind of even suggesting that the police aren't racist and it's just a matter of bad apples and this and that and mm -hmm. i've and this i watched the, someone sent me a video they were like yeah watch this um you'll change your attitude or you just tell, mm -hmm. in fact they, they didn't really force it upon me they were like watch this it was a ben shapiro video so mm -hmm. i wasn't I wasn't, I wasn't excited to watch it, but he basically was just saying how now the numbers don't reflect what's going on. Like, mm -hmm. maybe for every four black people that are killed by police, maybe five or seven or, or, or them are also white. And I think, I think that, that mentality, that way of looking at it is also part of the issue. Because it's not the fact that it's not the fact that these black people are getting murdered. It's, mm. it's if, they're, if they're armed and dangerous and they pose a threat to society, whether they're white, black, Asian, whatever, mm. the police are within their rights to use, obviously in America they, they carry guns, to use mm. their force. But obviously, the, I don't even think the police are, are made to... I don't think they're supposed to necessarily shoot shoot to kill all the time. I, I think that requires special orders. They usually they're supposed to like shoot them in the knee to just um, mm -hmm. I've got the word, but like effectively disarm them. Mm -hmm. But the fact the fact that these that it's the innocent people that are getting killed is the issue. It's no yeah. like like ugh, it sounds horrible, but if if they're if they're justifiably killed, unfortunately they're not. We can't we can't say much to them because they're just it's kind of they put their lives in their own hands mm. but they're unjust like he was literally the guy was literally had his knee on his neck for nine minutes like what mm. how 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 could that possibly be compared to um a white a white man who is um who was shot for having today they have like crazy guns they just walk around with mm -hmm. like these horrible automatic rifles Mm. And I'm supposed to, and I'm supposed to be com that, compared that to someone who is, yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm. so it was also the thing of just, um, I think the, the the way you can it's so undeniably is that woman in Central Park when she mm. was um, the guy yeah. asked her to put her dog on the leash, and the fact that she was so she was obviously um, maybe she was obviously play acting, but she was obviously physically frustrated. The fact that she was number one that felt that threatened by an african-american as she said is issue number one and the fact that she was like before she even made the call she has a friend here, she's saying i'm going to call the police and tell them that there's an african-american black man mm -hmm. to, that is threatening me can you imagine that how can 
when I when I hear that when I when I heard her saying it, it sent like shivers because mm-hmm. she's effectively saying it's it's like it's a threat. Mm-hmm. When you say I'm calling yeah. the police to someone that's intruding your house, that's a threat. Mm-hmm. The fact that mm-hmm. you're the fact that you're saying I'm going to give um, it's like it's like a, she's it's almost as, as if she's suggesting a different type of police are going to come. This police are going to come and murder you on the spot. She knows mm-hmm. that she has that power. She's obviously a, a white woman who mm. was um, by herself. But yeah, I think that is, that is just, um, sorry, that, that rattles me every time I think about it, the fact that she mm-hmm. literally knows how, how it goes effectively. Yeah, and I think no. you, meant, you mentioned it on what we were talking about. Um, if he wasn't filming it, that could have ended so differently. Yeah. And I remember some, I heard someone mention, if, so if she, if she didn't tell him, so mm-hmm. he said he cut, he cut the video off. Obviously, she was still strangling the dog, but he cut the video off when she finally put the dog on the leash and just mm-hmm. like saying him and just walked off. But imagine if she had called the policeman, oh, the policeman, sorry, the police, after he mm-hmm. had walked away. Mm-hmm. She says, she says, um, there's African-American, he's just attacked me, he's now, he's run off, he's wearing this and that. Mm-hmm. Get him, effectively, like, get, send the dogs on him. And yeah. Him, yeah. And no. he's none the wiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is bonkers. And I was watching If Beale Street Could Talk um, last night, and it's about basically a guy who's falsely accused of rape, blackmail, and you know this whole process. And you see how the system's set against him. Um, and I think it is a tough one, really, because I mean, it, not this tough, but it's, it's bonkers. Like the fact that there was a minute, there was a eight minute and 46 second silence uh, on the broadcasting of George Floyd's memorial. And that's a really long time. Like that's, and you can, you know, you go, that's long enough to go, ah, I'm doing something wrong here. I'm going to kill him. Like that's, there's clear, like it's clear intent. There's no doubt on that. I think it's, it is bonkers. And I think there was this whole side of, I was talking to someone um, about the fact that, you know, there's, you're not properly taught and I think it's only uh, yes I was sharing that they're trained to be a social worker and they you know you're taught to understand the inherent discrimination and prejudice you have against people so you can properly treat people the right way yeah. so, you know if you, um but you know they were saying their dad's a police officer and they're saying their dad's never received this training and it happens in yeah. a lot of professions where you're interacting with people and sort of not I mean not to take away from it but the same thing is in, happens in education within schools of and I can't remember what year group this applies to or like what stage, but I know definitely for primary there was a shift and I don't know if it's changed since, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't, where the teachers can basically decide the like, destiny of the kids from their own opinion. So they go, you know, oh, I think they'll get this and this. Whereas you had to do it previously, it had to be from the actual proof of their academic success, but it's now down to opinion. And so even yeah. if you say, you know, I'm not racist you may still go, oh, you know, this kid's, you know, slightly lippy and he's a bit cheeky and all this. And, you know, he is bright, but, you know, you go, oh, I don't think he's putting in the attention or your opinion that because this kid's black is, you know, means that he's all these things that you've been taught over your life and society's kind of made you believe is then impacting mm. how you work. Even if you think you're not racist, you may just think you're being totally unbiased at how there is yeah, this whole thing, and it's and it's bonkers. The level of expulsion, expulsion of um, black students compared to their white counterparts is, you know, crazy. And it is stuff like that that leads on to 
crime and so on and that's of course taking going away from your point but i think it's yeah realizing that it is innocent people in the us and in the uk as well all, all the cases you know stephen lawrence for example you see there is clear racism there it's based on you know it's racism from people you know that are thinking a black man is suspicious or issue and then the way the police reacts um i think that is you know just taking that into mind is like really tough you know if you think we wouldn't be here if the incident with george floyd not even incident the murder of him wasn't filmed mm. now this would be happening and you think actually what is happening this it keeps going around social media but, you know what's happening behind closed doors what is happening you're seeing police officers at this point attacking press you know international worldwide press and harassing them and you know there's a lot of violence happening against innocent people of course but also mm. people that don't even like you know press are totally not totally neutral but they're coming in to report something and you're kneeing them and shooting them i think mm. it shows I think it shows a lot about where america is but i think it's also and i was also yeah be aware that as i've meant you know the example of stephen lawrence and mark Dub and all these you know cases in the uk remembering that the uk isn't innocent as well like to really remember that but i think yeah. my only issue is that of course there's an issue within the police we can see it's clear but also there's this thing of saying you know all cops are bad that's that's too much of a wide statement in my eyes at least because i know mm. people who are related to or you know i know people whose parents are cops or best friends are cops and so on i've met and you know what they're trying to do is to change the system which i think of course maybe isn't the easiest thing but i think it's a tough one because we're seeing a lot of racism but also and you know a lot of bad treatment and so on and you know not the right ways of dealing with everything but you then also go you know i don't think you're saying that all cops are bad is kind of the way forward i think it's a it is a tricky one really the only issue is man the thing with the the cop the police thing and the cops thing is that i was i was saying to someone is it's the fact that they are forced to be complicit whether they're forced actually whether they're forced or it's their own decision it's that's that is the way that's the way it goes like mm. when 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 officer Charvin, for example is is has his knee on a black man's neck mm. I'm, I'm not expecting the other police to kind of just well i am actually but I'm, I, I think it's unlikely for the other police to necessarily get involved mm. and try to break it up but the fact that they just ugh, the one, the most hallowing thing that police can do is when they just stand there and they just mm. don't, they don't, they don't speak, they don't, like people are shouting at them like, you're hurting his neck, you're doing this, you're doing this, and they just stand yeah. there, that just sends shivers down my, my spine because yeah. it's kind of mm. like, it's kind of like they, they know that's the, this is the protocol, this is, this mm. is the way it goes type thing and there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to change it, that, that is, that is the issue I have with mm. police, yeah. they, when people are just like, um, oh, um, f the police or da da da, I'm thinking, there's there's black police officers, there's minority mm. police officers that they're not, they're not, not all of them are the problem, but it's the ones that are by by justifiably that they have to do form a united front, but mm. at least just I don't know. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing there's coppers in the UK who've decided and there's of course i don't really know where where i stand or even not where i stand but you know what to take of it but you know coppers in the uk who've been told not to take a knee with 
protesters and have done it and you see them getting in trouble within yeah. their, from their superiors mm. and it is I think it's a real conflict and it's something that we just need to have more conversations around I think it is yeah. really tough um and it is you know it is just bonkers really um it is yeah I mean, it's that kind of thing and that's why I think it's important for us for everyone to be taking their time just to properly get their heads around it like I recently mm. saw that you know there's a lot of some states or at least I think at least one state in the US where you know there's no like you're kind of expected there's no there's nothing against you shooting as a first call of arresting someone like that's kind of the done thing and you see that's just part of the culture over there like it's not the culture but that is what's ingrained in that system is that you should be shooting yeah um so yeah um slightly to change the topic i just want to ask you and of course this won't necessarily be a really short and quick easy question but how your kind of identity and your relationship with your race and being a young black been like for you um it's quite open but yeah just to answer however you feel is best yeah um so i'm obviously black british mum i was born here with my mm. family um my parents are both from rwanda in central africa south central east africa and they mm. came to this country when they were young my mum came a bit before so she she kind of got her nationality she came and lived with her uncle shadow the story is not as as easy as 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 simple as that sounds but to just mm-hmm. she basically got her her citizenship here and studied here and obviously started a family so mm-hmm. we um with Rwanda itself she came from an era where there was obviously the the genocide that the civil mm-hmm. rights um fight between them so she didn't exactly i don't know it was kind of it was also kind of hard to have um a connection with home at that time mm-hmm. so obviously her the rest of her she came as a new child mm-hmm. so the rest of her family had had remained there my mm-hmm. dad um i don't live with all the time mm-hmm. but his stories his story is somewhat similar some mm-hmm. of his um he was originally actually supposed to I think they were both originally supposed to go to America. Mm. I think England came about because of just because that's what they see there. Do you know what I mean? That's like mm. like wow, the big the big West type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of that, obviously I'm a black male, and I have grown up in North London, so it is mm. quite it's quite it's very very multicultural. The primary school mm. I went to, I was one of handful maybe five mm. maybe five black people which is not obviously at the time you know i think it was a, a problem it was mm. not a problem at all mm-hmm. and but i did it, it turns out the majority of the black people i went to lived on, lived on the estate that i went to anyway so mm. so yeah just kind of just from early on obviously you're not you're not born racist obviously mm-hmm. so early on i uh, race and that type of thing was not really a problem with me problem for me mm-hmm. i suppose looking back at it um the first my first kind of like when i knew i was different a lot of girls have this story with, about hair but mm-hmm. like how they how their hair is not the same as their white friends but i kind mm-hmm. of had a similar thing it was basically you know when it, you know when you'd rain and so mm-hmm. you'd get your hair wet yeah 
and then all the boys were kind of like because their hair's obviously yeah in case you don't know their hair's different Mm -hmm. they they would like kind of shape their hair into mohicans Mm -hmm. and i always remember like you you see their hair it goes it gets all wet and then they Mm -hmm. kind of shape it up and i'd obviously try to 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 get involved Mm ever and my hair obviously is not it don't work like that my hair just Mm -hmm. they exactly the same I think I suppose now looking but I'm looking back at this now that was early doors when I realised mm-hmm. that I'm somewhat somewhat different to these guys mm-hmm. I think yeah, yeah that is now thinking about it like that yeah mm-hmm. um, I think that's and it's interesting I think a lot you know just that you know that very basic thing of it is that sort of simple distinction but I think that obviously has will have a lot of conflict within yourself of actually you know understanding that there's there is a difference between you and you know your fellow colleagues at school that kind of simplicity mm. but actually and i'm sure that um and i know we've discussed this but you know there is and it's kind of then from there it probably is that thing of it not to say it gets I mean, it kind of does get worse it's like kind of going you know people will see you differently i know we've spoken about your mum talking to you about this but that idea that it's yeah I think there's a lot it is a lot to come to terms with as you know for any child but you know for anyone but particularly children to come to terms with what racism is and to understand that when it affects you directly, I think, you know, that whole that's mm. the whole process within itself. Mm, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of um, you couldn't really Yeah, it's it's weird because at the time you're not thinking, you know, I I didn't I felt left mm-hmm. out, but I wasn't I wasn't thinking, oh my days, I wish I was I wish I was white. But, I mean, mm-hmm. There's a lot. Um, as my childhood would go on, mm-hmm. obviously I would. What I'd be, what you consume as in at a young age is obviously very influential. So mm-hmm. obviously grew up on the standard like the Disney channels. Mm-hmm. The the music was obviously important. That was like the time of like R and B and that kind mm-hmm. of like those you know the music channels where they just showed music videos the whole day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that type of that was I. Do remember myself being being slightly influenced with that, so mm. I didn't necessarily. I don't. Know, I didn't necessarily want to be a white boy. I didn't want to. I didn't want mm. to change. I knew I was very yeah, yeah. myself. Mm. Maybe what I would say. I suppose from the R and B side, I maybe wanted to be. Um, I don't know. This is a. This is. I don't know if this is. Um, I can't. I can't confirm. I'm just looking back at it now. Maybe mm. wanted to be a mixed race. Yeah. Not. Mm. Not. Not literally mixed race, but like kind of have that type of that type of look. Not necessarily mm-hmm. because I thought being black was bad. But yeah. I don't know. Just kind of like just that whole Chris Brown, that whole R and B singer type thing. I suppose that is where it came from. Mm-hmm. And you kind of look at who is you know there's this whole thing of actually saying you know you look at successful black artists and often you know it will be you know like Beyonce for example and mm. it, you know there's a whole thing within society that. You know, the lighter the sort of pigment, the sort of, you know, you see in societies, that's how societies are structured. There was a great bit in Akala's book, Natives, which is, and I always bang on about it, but it's my big recommendation for people, sort of understanding race. Um, But this thing of, you know, going to Jamaica and how he's viewed as, you know, being superior to darker skinned people. Yeah. And then when you come to the UK, it's the sort of opposite. And when he came back with that thing of, there is a lot of complexity. And I think it's because, it's also yeah what you're taking in it's you know what are the images you're seeing 
you know, who are the other examples around you? And if it is, you know, of course, as a child, you're going to be, you know, just whatever you're seeing, you're appealed to. So it makes sense that you'd want to kind of emulate that view, not view, but that sort of style. Mm. Yeah. Also, looking back at it now, you could, you, like, the music would be like, I don't know, the darker the, the musician, I'm thinking like 50 Cent, like, to those other mm. people, that it was slightly a bit more aggressive than the more like, mm love song from the like kind of mixed race people i suppose that's mm. that's a that's a story within itself but mm. so what was my like the the i guess we call it the naughties childhood um, i finished primary school with secondary school i was i did had applied to like the private the comp like the grammar schools the ones with their entrance exams and stuff like that i think i passed a few but i must have not must have not made it the full way mm. i think that was also early doors me recognizing i would go to these exams and i'd maybe the mm-hmm. only black kid in this exam room of like hundreds of kids mm-hmm. so it's also i think of like feeling like you'd i would drive to these areas like barnet and mm-hmm. otters bar and all these places and you just feel a bit out of place mm-hmm. so i am somewhat thankful that i didn't go there mm-hmm. yeah no there's a whole of institutions mm-hmm. yeah and you know, is this, and I've already mentioned it, but that whole thing within education um, is, I think, and that's kind of why it's, yeah, crucial, I think, to break down, of, you know, there's this whole thing of saying, you know, the UK is not innocent, but actually seeing, you know, that there's less opportunities given often to people who are non-white, essentially. Um, yeah. And, you know, it is it's, you know, definitely really interesting. I think to kind of go on to the music point, um, this is slightly doubt diverging whatever the term is mm. um but there's also it's quite incredible really now and this is one thing that always touches my heart sounds very soppy but you know the, it's incredible that we've got you know now a music industry that has got such a strong um culture that's coming through with it you know and you're seeing a lot of predominant you know predominantly african artists coming through and how incredible it is to see you know the same kind of success that big pop stars were getting coming from people mm. who are independently signed and being like embracing their culture and their blackness and their heritage and like providing that image that you know it, you know now when you've got younger kids who are looking up to people you have you know people like you know jay hustle dave like when the list can go on but people are really sort of proudly standing up and accepting not accepting but embracing and really showing their um culture Mm. yeah exactly exactly um yeah i agree it's kind of like it's it's it is it's also that fine line between cultural preparation and just appreciating the work but mm. i think it's become so indoctrinated especially in london culture i think mm-hmm. london has its own subset of culture and it is mm-hmm. it's obviously um, the the phrase melting pot of different races, mm-hmm. so you assume that would come about. But I think it is it is nice to see how. I think like obviously London is in the UK, so it has some institutional racism, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. But London is also a good way of seeing how cultures can live simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel. I don't, it's hard to describe, but things you can just even see from like voting attitudes to like 
mm. when with like the Brexit stuff and that type of thing that like you can always tell that London is slightly more on the progressive like accepting mm. like yeah. the marches and stuff have been really peaceful there's not really been any much um mm. I don't know I haven't even seen any you think yeah they wouldn't really mm. they wouldn't really be hidden it would be they would mm. probably make it a big thing it's been really peaceful a lot of people coming together white black mm. Asian yeah. poor rich white famous mm. not famous mm. it's been really it's been really lovely to see so I think also it's also that it was important um where I did grow up I did I did grow up in London so that really did affect the way I see myself obviously I did it was predominantly, it's predominantly white I can't can't deny that but obviously six percent six percent in the UK I'm not I'm not surprised at all mm-hmm. yeah and yeah so then secondary school was obviously turning point level not not obviously as a person but my the secondary school I went to was very very multicultural mm-hmm. like you could you could almost I don't know it would probably be 50-50 in terms of the racial split that mm-hmm. was how that was what they prided themselves on mm-hmm. maybe that is due to the area the school was in maybe that mm-hmm. was due to the name maybe that was due to other other schools being being how how they put themselves across but I think secondary school really helped to shape me as a as a as a person in terms mm-hmm. of attitudes towards different people mm-hmm. because it's kind of like and and myself in respect for myself because it's your friends with a white boy your friends with an Asian your friends with a, a black mm-hmm. kid your friends with a Somali Indonesian type of thing like mm-hmm. You see, obviously, that does lead room for like casual racism jokes, mm-hmm. because because everyone is friendly, no one is spitefully racist, and mm-hmm. if they were to make a joke, they wouldn't, you wouldn't really be pulled up on it. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing I do remember very explicitly is that obviously I didn't, not to not to sound, not to sound like I'm too my own home, but I am quite and. Um, eloquent in the way that I speak I have quite an mm-hmm. English accent mm-hmm. a, um, a quote-unquote white accent and that's that's also a thing that I've had throughout my life is kind of like mm-hmm. oh David you, you sound white or you mm-hmm. act white or your the way you speak is sounds white I think that was these are like kind of the early signs of the racism that I myself have experienced obviously it's not mm-hmm. it has stuck with me so it's somewhat traumatic but it's not it's not being called the n-word or whatever but mm. I think little things like that like what what does what does sounding white mean I'm yeah I sound, do you mean I sound English do you mean I sound British do you mean I sound posh mm-hmm. do you mean I sound, do, you, do you mean I don't sound like a a criminal type of thing do you mean I don't sound like a mm. thug do you mean I don't sound like um Stormzy, what what you see, what you see, black people to sound like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That did that does get that did get to me. To be fair, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and obviously, yeah, we both went to Marlborough. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like the the final swan song in our education, and it was mm-hmm. obviously in central London, um, predominantly predominantly white, predominantly mm-hmm. well off. Like mm-hmm. different lives. So I was, I was meeting, I'm meeting people from different, different so, ways of yeah. life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 
obviously the friendship circle I was in, like with you and my other friends, it was I I didn't really I didn't mix per se with mm-hmm. those type of people. Obviously, I'm quite I don't know, believe it or not, I'm quite. I do understand and I do like to talk random to a lot of people, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily get friendly with everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just like judging, not judging, because I want to say I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a judgmental person, but kind of just mm-hmm. understanding the way people live their lives and how, they, how it's different to, to mine. Mm-hmm. To kind of like, yeah, to kind of approach the situations differently. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is pretty much where we are here today. Because mm. obviously our lives are predominantly based around school and stuff. Mm. I obviously do have friends outside school, just black friends, white friends, type of things. Mm. But in the basis of it, I've never, I've never felt not proud to be black. Mm. I've obviously been told by by my mum that type of thing, like, well, oh, work, work harder to. Um, you have to work harder than the person to your right, or. Mm. things like, I don't know you could even say maybe I'll go into Marlborough to fill a quota or something I don't know mm. but yeah I've never I've never been over luckily never been um, succumbed to overt racism mm. obviously yeah. the looks the looks on the street and stuff like that mm. but yeah nothing nothing major great thing about education in a way, particularly when you're in schools that are more diverse, is you are meeting people from a spectrum, of, or like a, not a spectrum, but, you know, different backgrounds, different places. And, and, you know, I think if I hadn't have had, you know, friends who were black, Asian, or, you know, every sort of ethnic minority, you know, you, I'd, it, I'd find it really easy to then go, oh my God, look, there's someone, you know, who looks like they're from the Middle East, they're so scary because of all the stuff that's happening in the news. But I've never once been, you know, like felt that, you know, that kind of thing, because I know, and realistically every person I've met from any background has been a genuinely nice person mm. it's that thing of you yeah when you experience it with your life rather than just your perceptions of it but I think you know it's definitely interesting and it's yeah wherever you are you can always kind of there's always more to learn and to understand around it and I think it's yeah it is very interesting I think in a way you know the sort of but you know, of course, people say you know the UK is not innocent, and there is a lot of really obvious points of how it is very racist. You know, you're looking at the lack of coverage, or like how they're covering the current story of um, I've forgotten her name, Madeleine McCann, rather yeah. than the protests and the issues. But then <laughs> you see also, that thing of how it was literally that the news broke exactly a year ago, and they yeah. still managed to be brought up. It's yeah, it's mad. It's mad. It's bonkers. And but then also, you know, the fact that. Uh, of course there's massive issues of racism there's also the things of you know being aware that you know you're gonna to have to work as you're saying you'll have to work a lot harder than those around you and that there's a general perception just the perception that you are you know lesser than you know someone else because of your skin color and how racism has you know it's overt and it's you know, less obvious sides to mm. it um and i think also for me what i found you know by sort of educating myself and understood why where sort of where we are as such and how you know the issues of racism have you know got such a long history to it um and just taking i remember you and me and it was interesting actually being in a class you know you were you know you and those two people that were black backgrounds 
um, and to sort of see the covering of certain issues that we, you know, particularly I think for the empire, you know, we had quite a long discussion and almost I think shock I'd say of sort of educating ourselves on how recent um, a lot of countries that were previously under ruled by colonizers have gained mm -hmm. their independence. So, I mean, for example, Rwanda was only in 1962, so that's like 58 years ago. Yeah, and, you know, sure. it's that thing of understanding, I think, yeah, when you educate yourself on these issues, um, you then understand why so the world is how it is. You know, it makes sense that Rwanda would have, you know, a lot of issues because it's only, you know, it's a very new country, mm. essentially. And, you know, you know you, they then have to form their own government. They have to have this sense of leadership and all these things. And so it's no surprise that a lot of countries have struggled um, and on. But there's an example of Haiti was the only successful slave rebellion that ever happened and they gained independence. And it was an incredible story of them, you know, coming against a lot of you know, England tried to go in and all these people that kept their ground and gained independence, but then was forced to pay back millions of pounds to France over and they paid for you know had to pay their debts for 122 years yeah. with the getting the money from French banks and you go actually it's knowing that history that then goes you know no surprise that they've been struggling to you know, there's a lot of corruption within the governments and all this you know they were put you know, as the example they've had a knee on their neck for even being independent from France they have been struggling still and still have had the repercussions of previously being colonized country it's understanding that and understanding that yeah when you understand a lot of the history you then understand why certain things are in a certain place and for me it feels like okay i now understand racism is a very deep-rooted thing um, yeah. but also how crucial it is to have these kind of conversations and to see that you know um the issues you know in a way like because we both study geography for me, a lot of it then just became because of the empire. Like the reason yeah, this country is not successful is because of the empire. And people kind of go, oh, you know, because it's racism. No, it's because mm. of this exact what like it is from the empire and the impacts of it. Of course, yeah. it's a racist thing that happened, but it's not. You know, it's it is the legacy of the empire that has put a lot of countries in a place of real struggle because you've taken everything they had, mm. and then given that you know put yourself in leadership and then left them with very little and no form of government that all like, you know, proper, you know, they then have to start, yeah, they have to start from the very beginning with, you know, all the benefits they had before of, you know, natural resources being taken away. Yeah. Yeah, that was mad. It got to a stage where it's just like, oh, what are the, what is the root cause of this the empire? Yeah. It's just everything. Mm -hmm. I think that also goes to the, the fact that people well, people um, suggest that oh, because it was a long time ago, because people have changed, mm -hmm. da, 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 it's suddenly, I don't know, it's suddenly better. It's suddenly mm -hmm. like, oh, it's okay now. And you're thinking, yeah. no, that's not, that's not how generations transcend. That's not how time goes. Just because mm -hmm. it stopped, at, because it stopped however many years ago, does not mean at all mm -hmm. that the lasting effects will not trickle down. Mm -hmm. takes, not, not one generation, not two generations, it's like, decades mm. to kind of get rid yeah. of these um such deep rooted issues mm. and it's stuff like when you think of the civil rights movement you think of black and white pictures and it gives a sense of oh that was years ago yeah. but you know you then think actually the wizard of oz which was you know 
I, I'm not going to get you to try and guess when the Wizard of Oz came out, but you know, mm. you think that oh, maybe that was like the 70s, you know, that was before the civil rights movement properly started. Mm. But you view that as being modern, all this, and how this sort of subconscious thing. So, listening back, I realized that um, I dropped a stat, or I sort of originally said it in a way that wasn't correct, but 401 years, which I will go on to mention in a second, but was how long since slavery started. And, you know, it then lasted for 246 years. But of course, I think the point of, you know, the point I would make still makes sense. But yeah, I originally was saying, making it sound like it lasted for 401 years, which is not the case. But yeah, just wanted to clarify that up, make sure I'm getting all the stats correct. Um, but yeah, back to me. You think, hmm, you're going to tell us to forget 400, of course, not me directly, but 401 years of people being violently oppressed and you know subjected to a lot of horrific things you know it's the thing and also it's yeah recognizing that it's had a lasting impact as we've sort of said it's mm. the thing of um and it is i think that's the saddest sort of i think it's always i think i find it really um disgusting when people use the thing of you know you've got a chip on your shoulder or you're just an angry black person mm. and that's not you know, like if, in a way, of course, you would be because there's so much that's been put. You know, there's so many things have happened mm. against you purely for something that you can't, that you shouldn't control. feel. You can't control, but also you shouldn't feel. It makes you no different to anyone else at all. Yeah, that's true. It is. It is. It is. I mean, we keep. I keep saying this, but it's sort of bonkers. I think. Um, I think also sort of while we're here, it's now is also a key thing that we should have probably mentioned earlier is you know actually having these conversations around race of how yeah. it isn't i remember someone saying you know i'm not the best person to talk about race with or you know i've not really not really got to terms with it or you know like, i'm not too sure about how to do it i think no one's like really properly ready to talk about race or you know no one's ever it's not an easy thing to talk about but yeah, no, one, no one's an expert yeah but the way to talk about race is to talk about it and if yeah, if you say something wrong, be ready to be called out on, but understand that's the process of learning how to properly communicate around it. Mm. Yeah, well, perfect. I agree with that exactly. You don't have mm. to. And black people are not experts either. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know half the stuff that went on. Mm. Obviously, understand the basics and do a bit of the extended reading that I've done, but I'm not. I'm nowhere near an expert. I'm nowhere. Yeah, um, that well versed. So it's not it's mm. not fair to also assume that that people know how to. You should ask them or ask, like obviously ask questions and share experiences mm. and stuff. But yeah, I don't feel I don't feel as if they have all the answers because it is quite quite important to be asked questions and things like mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know or you don't feel yeah. Mm. No, absolutely. It is, and yeah, I think it's just, it is great that we're starting this, you know, that it is starting to happen. And yeah, this thing of actually, of course, if particularly if you're white or non-black, it's taking time to educate yourself beforehand as well. So you, of course, have conversations, but also take that chance to yeah, understand the issues more so you can go into it with a sense of understanding. Um, and I think also there is an issue of, and Akala put it really well, so I'm, basically just encourage people to properly look into it in natives mm. but the thing of you know race is you know race is a very complex issue it is made up essentially you know the actual distinction between people of color 
because of the skin color is like there's no real sort of reason for it to be a thing it's kind it's come from a sort of sense of wanting to divide and make separation and how there isn't you know the fact that you know there is this kind of unity between races you know quote unquote is often because of the oppression and the experiences the shared experiences they have and how being white isn't you know described as being a race because it is the you know race that is unoppressed and so on and so there's not this conversation about understanding you know what it means to be white and that's yeah. something that needs to start happening yeah exactly 100 um i think purely because we've been going for a while now i'm I, they always and I'm saying in every episode they're saying not to say oh this is my fi- like final notes for the episode but um, I've, if there's anything else you'd like to share I'm going to give you yeah, a chance now um, but if not maybe just yeah something you'd like to recommend people to do and we've said a lot already but to do yeah. read, listen to like what's the sort of one thing you really want to I take just, away I just think the most important thing to take away is that any so any actions, like your actions obviously speak louder than your words. That's my thing. You see, mm-hmm. it's also easy for us Mohan to have this long conversation. You can you can walk for hours. But if mm-hmm. I'm if if I go out on the street and I'm not treating people with respect, I'm not treating people how I'd like to be treated, I'm not treat I'm not prejudging people, what is the point of me saying what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think try and try and influence as well, try and um call people out however uncomfortable maybe, but just use the power of what you can like make the change be the change you want to be that type of cliche Mm -hmm. just kind of use your actions just change attitudes because it's nice that we're talking about it but Mm -hmm. yeah that's the most important thing for me just use use make a change for yourself and for others Mm -hmm. no absolutely i just purely agree and it's just doing it's sort of taking those first steps it's doing what you can like now it's you know just whatever you can be doing doing it and yeah I think checking yourself and you know for me once again just kind of drilling in I'd recommend reading Natives by Carla there's also yeah. books like you know why I'm no longer talking to white people about race which is another mm. incredible book that I'm yet to read but I've heard a lot about talk to I think talk to everyone in a way like talk to all the people in your circles yeah. you know and there's gonna be differing views and I think also yeah take this chance to you know, there's a lot, you know, as we've said, there are films that will be tough to watch, you know, watching good films, you know, getting to know Spike Lee, getting to know different um, filmmakers, but then also being aware, and we kind of touched on this, but of, you know, the issue of white saviourism, I mm. don't believe it's actually a word, but, you know, the issue of um, s- stories of people, of ethnic minorities, them being, becoming stories of white people, and, you know, yeah. the, the biggest example is Green Book, but becoming educated on that issue. And I think, yeah, just constantly, as long as you're moving forward with the sense of wanting to learn, I think that's all, and like wanting to sort of move forward, you're kind of all right. So, you know, it may sometimes not be the best thing, that you, you may not do the best thing, but it's kind of going, actually, I'm, t- I'm taking some action, as you were saying. It's like actually doing something rather than being totally, I think, yeah, feeling that whatever you do may be wrong. It's taking action, and if it is wrong, it is wrong. Um, and, of course, the last thing is, I think, taking the time just to, as I mentioned, this idea of having a revolution within yourself. And I wanted to share one quote because I'm normally really quote heavy, but we've been so into it, I've not got onto it. But is um, a quote from Dice which is what I always do, uh, which is what I always quote from. And it is 
The great re revolution in just one single individual will help achieve a change in the destiny of a society and further will enable a change in the destiny of humankind. Mm. So I think to really you in this moment changing like the tenets of your heart, changing the way you're thinking about something and becoming you know, a better person, really believing that that will have an impact on humanity, even if you'll never know. I think it's impossible to know what our actions have. And of course, you know, you were saying it would mean like the conversation would seem pointless if after this, you know, you went off and didn't do anything. You didn't do anything that we've spoken about and, you know, we're really anti, but also I think the fact that actually just the act of having this conversation and the fact that, you know, you don't know the impact it will have on the person, you know, you don't know what impact it will have on me. And in this case, we've got listeners, you don't know, you know, there may be someone here who goes, ah, oh, he's said it perfectly. Like he said what I've always been thinking. And you could then, you know, let's say next week, you could have a really shit week and, you know, totally hate the world, but without mm. ever knowing that this one person has really shifted their life purely yeah, from exactly. something you've shared and you being honest and open. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with Brilliant. So I think, I mean, on that note, thank you for joining me, David. It's been a pleasure and yes. I'll be getting you back soon. Um, and yeah, no, no worries. Yeah, said it is a pleasure. Yeah, just have a great day. And for all the listeners, thank you for listening and taking the time out of your day to listen to this. For more information on the podcast, please check us out on Instagram, pomegranate underscore people. You know, the usual stuff, really. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it you know, and take something away. So whether that is that you want to go and grab yourself a book and educate yourself up more, have some more conversations, watch some good films around race and the issues and whatever it is, you know, hopefully I take you take something away from this. But, you yeah, know, all the best. Stay safe, stay joyful. Blue skies. That's the end of the podcast.